And the most important thing is that you write this down. So I can't okay. stress that enough because if you don't, you're probably going to fail. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results... You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. My guest today is Pim Jansen. She's a nutritionist, a life coach, and a cravings expert with over 20 years of experience helping her clients to get well with sustainable diet and lifestyle changes. She is also a sugar addict in recovery who's now on a mission to help others to overcome their cravings and to break free from constant food thoughts and compulsive eating with a few simple tools that they can use anywhere. Some of those tools she is going to share with us here on the Begin Within podcast Today, I'm really happy to have Pim Jansen with us for the interview. Here's a few things that I would love for you to listen for just to help prepare your mind for what you're going to hear. First of all, I feel like she is just someone that we could we could have stay on the show for hours and hours, but we didn't do that to you. We we kept it short. Hopefully, she will return again. Here are the things that we covered that I think you're really going to benefit from. First of all, we're going to talk about triggers and cravings. When you start to hear those words, really pay close attention. That's really the the key pieces of the tools that, that she's going to share with you today. So triggers and cravings. Pay very close attention. And then also... We're going to talk once again, you've heard this on the show before, you've heard it in a recent episode, the value, the benefit of writing things down. If you haven't started to journal, to write down, to to be able to start to sort through thoughts and feelings, to put them on paper, 
or even to put them into a notes app or type them into a computer to do something to capture this internal, the, the journey be, that begins within, you need to start. I'm going to tell you that. You're going to hear again today that you need to start with writing down how powerful it is in helping to overcome really strong cravings that have their roots even in addiction. So listen carefully to that. We're going to talk about writing things down. If you want to write some things down while you're listening, make sure you have a pen and a paper or you go back and forth to your notes app. I do that all the time when I'm listening to podcasts. Boom, open the notes app and do some typing while I'm listening so that I don't forget. And finally, the thing I really want you to listen for toward the end is the idea that food addiction is biological. Listen closely for that because there can be so many negative feelings around how we are trying to deal with behaviors around food that might be anchored in simply the way that our brain is reacting to foods. And Pim does a beautiful job of explaining how that takes place and how over overeating or you know taking in more nutrients than you need is a natural biological response to some of the things happening in the brain. So listen carefully for that as well. Here is my interview with Pim Jansen. One big milestone along the way was probably the keto diet, which worked pretty well with dealing with the cravings. Mm -hmm. But whenever you go keto, you always want to substitute with sugar, free brownies and sugar free this and sugar free that so that doesn't actually deal with addiction it just transfers the addiction from sugar to sugar substitutes so i've probably been doing that for about 10 years falling off the wagon every now and then and i think i've tried everything like nutritionally um everything I knew anyway. And then I actually got a coach for a completely different reason. I just got a life coach because I was into personal development. And it turns out that she had been helping people with emotional eating. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not an emotional eater. I don't eat because I'm upset or because I'm stressed out. Um, I just have cravings for sugary things. Yeah, <laughs> That's me. And I know that I'm eating when I'm procrastinating or want to procrastinate or when I'm bored, but I didn't really connect the two that these are also emotions. So it's like, that's not for me. Okay. So I think I was working with her for <clears throat> like half a year. And then so I'm going to read her book because there might be something there. I'm like, well, this might actually work for sugar cravings. So I just like, yeah, I put it on my to-do list very far down on the to-do list. So I think that took another six months before I even wanted to look at it. And I think that was probably like when you've been doing this for so many years, it's like you've given up. You think you've tried everything. Every time you try something, you're failing and you want to beat yourself up. You think that there's something wrong with you Mm. and you don't really know what to do. And I had kind of gotten to this place where I didn't care anymore I tried to do the best I could but I had kind of accepted that the rest of my life was going to be a struggle where I would intermittently fall off and then have to struggle to get back on because every time you quit sugar you're going to have withdrawal symptoms and you have to put a lot of willpower into that and then all of a sudden I thought 
hang on, I'm I'm just going to try this because then I have at least tried it and I can say I tried. I really have tried everything that I know. So I took a week off work and I was like, the only thing I'm going to do, I'm going to relax, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to do what she's writing about. Mm-hmm. And I did it and it was so easy to do. So can I tell what it is? <laughs> I don't think we should talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Let's talk about it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing you do is that you identify your triggers so that you are aware of what's going on, what is triggering you, and not because you want to avoid those triggers. And I know a lot of people teach that, you know, don't don't be around those triggers as if we are um, just compulsive and have to do whatever those triggers are forcing us to do. So you just identify them. You don't try to change the circumstances. You just want to know what they are. And those always create a thought in your head. So that could be simpler. "Mm, I'm hungry or I want chocolate. That would be nice. It's usually super simple. And I thought this would be something really complex because obviously it's a thought that is forcing me to eat. And it's never that. (laughs) It's always very simple. And then you kind of sit with that craving. So you, rather than thinking that the craving is in your head, you are going to feel it somewhere in your body. And for me, that is that I actually started salivating. I'm like a dog because I, I start feeling it straight away in my jaw. And, you know, I just like the buildup of saliva. I get a little bit of tension in my solar plexus and sometimes in my throat. And it's all around there. And the most important thing is that you write this down. So I can't okay. stress that enough because if you don't, you're probably going to fail. And when I did that, what happens is that that craving for me went away straight away. Some people, I've noticed now, they have to sit with it a lot longer. And that's fine. But when you're writing it down, it's like all of a sudden you get it on paper or on the computer screen, but you get it in front of you and you can read it. So you can be more objective and you kind of emotionally disconnect from that, which makes it, it's just something that is physiologically going on in your body rather than something that is compulsive. And then the craving just goes away and you don't have to eat. It's probably going to come back and then you just do it again. So my biggest pitfall was whenever I thought, oh my God, this is so easy. So I would stop writing it down. And every time I did, I would fall back because I'm not disconnecting from it emotionally. Okay. So I hope that answers the question. (laughs) Yeah. I, so could we, could we rewind a little bit? Sure. Tell, could you kind of talk me through it even more specifically? So I know for you, you know, how you, how you um, felt the craving. I understood that. Yeah. Um, What, so there's a trigger that comes before that. What might be some examples of things that are common triggers for people that then would, would start a craving? So it could be like anything like situations, smells, sounds, people, places. So every time I would go to the supermarket, I would want to go to the chocolate aisle and check out what was there. If I I have a, a memory from when I was a kid and we were on holiday in Spain and uh, they had these awesome donuts on the beach. They had these little carts where they were selling custard donuts, and they were not like normal donuts. They were like flat, and those were so good. So those are 
kind of memories. And if I go to Spain now and I go to the beach, I might start thinking about it. I might start salivating it. And then I might start wanting those and kind of look for those cards. Where can I find them? Another big trigger for me personally is every time I eat, I want something sweet. And that's not because I've grown up getting dessert every time I've eaten. Or every time, you know, you go into the lunch room at work might be a trigger, for example. Uh, Or if if you smell something nice, that's usually a trigger for a lot of people. So, yeah, anything like that could be a trigger. I even heard um, another expert talk once that she always took a different drive home. That's why I kind of pointed this out. So she didn't take the closest takeoff to her house because she would have to drive past a McDonald's on the way. Okay. That would trigger her. So anything like that okay. could also be people that you're always eating with. If you think about that person, you might start craving food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So it can be anything. Like it, yeah, it can pretty be much anything, any experience. Um, yep. And then I had a questions about when, when you're writing down. So there's the trigger, mm-hmm. you feel the craving. And you're, yeah. you, you really, it sounds like that's really important in the process is to tune into like where you're feeling it, like what's happening yeah. physiologically. So then what do you, what is it that you actually write down? Like what, so, what goes on the paper or on the screen? So I might write down, just had dinner, started thinking that I wanted something sweet, was salivating felt some tension in my solar plexus, tension in my throat, and then it went away. That might be my nose. So it's mm. not complicated, just like this is what's going on. Got it. I'm not the best at feeling what's going on in my body. I've just had a client who just like, he just, <laughs> I don't know, he could have filled an A4 full of just what was going on and how that feeling in, he said he described it like an explosion in his head and it was really spiky. And when we sat with it, it's like, okay, it's starting to get a bit rounder and it's kind of wobbly and starts to kind of go back a little bit. So the more you sit with it and the more you can explain it, the better, because then you're so focused on what's going on there. And you can see that it's just like a physiological thing going on in your body. It's not something that is ever going to force you to eat. It's just really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we don't like uncomfortable feelings. We want right. to get rid of them. And whenever we eat or do something else that would trigger um, the reward center in the brain, we can kind of suppress that uh, uncomfortable emotion and get rid of it that way. So that's why we're usually doing it. Most people do it for that reason. Got it. So just that process of putting it into words and just yeah. kind of waiting or sitting with it yeah is enough for us to get some relief from the absolutely awesome you might not succeed the first time you're trying it and the way you know so when you allow a craving you want to feel you know some sort of relief after you have done it sometimes we will sit with it and think when is it going to go away can it just go away now (laughs) And that is kind of resistance. And then you're most likely going to feel like you missed out or some resentment after you've done it. And then you know that you haven't really allowed the craving, you've just kind of pushed through and used willpower. 
And that's not the way of doing it. So you want to just sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to feel what's going on now. Whatever I feel is okay. And just sit with it and not have any expectations of it actually going away. And if it doesn't go away, for me, it goes away very quickly. I'm kind of lucky that way. You can just set the time and like, okay, I'm going to sit with it for two minutes and that's it. Then I'm going to go and do something else. And then you just get that practice because every time you practice doing it, you're sort of, um, you're building a new neural pathway and a new response in your brain to how you react to having cravings. And when you practice that enough, that is going to be your go-to response. So you won't always have to think about it. It's going to happen automatically once you've practiced enough times, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to touch on something. We used, used a couple of phrases early on, and I know that it, it was something that I saw in your bio as well, was the difference between addiction and emotional eating. Mm. I want to kind of hear what what you have to say about it. I'm really curious about what what the difference is. Yes, I think, um, I mean, you might hear a few different definitions of that because I don't think there is like one consensus, but I think the easiest way to distinguish between the two is to say that all food addicts are emotional eaters, but not all emotional eaters are food addicts. So what I mean with that is that an emotional eater can, there might be someone who is trying to escape an unresolved trauma, for example. So if that's, let's say it's a woman, she was sexually abused when she was very young, she grows up and a very good way of avoiding attention from men will be to eat and get really fat. Mm-hmm. So that's what she's going to do to escape putting herself in danger this way. So she might not actually or she might develop a food addiction as a result, but not necessarily. Whereas food addicts is always going to be uh, having to do with avoiding some sort of uncomfortable emotion that we don't want to deal with. And then different people get addicted to different things. So for me, I could never get addicted to alcohol. I don't like it. I don't like drinking I don't like being drunk there's nothing about it that I like so I could you know force drink a lot probably and still not get addicted to it so but what happens in the brain with any addiction is that you you get like an unnatural pleasure response from the things that you're eating so Mm. that's why we're only addicted to processed food of some kind because they're not natural it's just like super concentrated and it will give you a super concentrated uh, pleasure reward in your brain. So the brain is going to downregulate the receptors for, for those chemicals so that you no longer respond as strongly because you're not, you're not built to respond that strongly to any kind of food or a thing that you do. It's just too much. So the brain is going to be like, oh, we don't need these many receptors. So you're going to start downregulating them. So what's going to happen then is that you're going to enjoy other food a lot less And when you are eating the food that you got this huge response from the first time, you're not going to get as much response the second time because you don't have as many receptors recognizing that. So then you're going to have to eat more of it to feel as good as you do the first time. And that's how we build up tolerance and how we need more and more and more of the thing. And eventually you're not even going to feel that pleasure. You just need to eat all of that food to feel normal. Mm nicely explained 
That's, oh, that was you. really, yeah. I That was a, a simple explanation of, I think, a very complicated process. That mm. Yeah, thank you. Great. You're welcome. Um, I know you have a Facebook group, and I would love yes. to, could you tell, tell us a little bit about the Facebook group? We're going to link to it in the show notes so people mm-hmm. can check it out. Um, what happens in the group? What, what, what's the group all about? So the group is called Life Without Cravings. So that is what I teach. I teach people to deal with the cravings because that's where we have to start. Um, I don't like focusing on you know the end goal too much because you, if you focus on the process, you will get to the end goal. And it's just, it's a very relaxed group. It's the support in there is just amazing. So I have some ex-clients and people who have just been there for a long time and they know a lot about what I'm doing. So whenever someone comes in there and asks a question, there will always be someone who's trying to help them. So it's just like a super supportive group. And we accept people from all diets. I don't think it matters what you eat. I'm personally eating a low carb diet because I feel like it helps with the physiological cravings. But we have people in there eating, you know, vegan diets, carnivore diets, standard American diets, trying to just cut out the sugar. So there's all sorts of people in there. So if you just want to, if you'd want to deal with the cravings, that's probably the right place to go. And uh, yeah, you can ask anything. I will be there. Um, I will help you. But I'm focusing a lot on changing your mindset around things rather than so much on the food. Because when you can change your mind around it, then it, the, the rest is just going to come and you can choose what you want to eat, whatever that is. So, yeah, awesome. I hope that <laughs> sounds Yeah, okay. no, that's great. Like I said, we'll, I'll make sure that we link to that in the show notes. And yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on this podcast, we love talking about mindset. So. This is, a, this is the right place to share this work. Um, my last question for you, if someone who is listening is like, that's me, I feel like um, addiction is an issue or even emotional eating, um, mm. what would you recommend as a first step? How would you recommend that they, they begin to make, make progress toward a healthier place? So I think the first thing is to just know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you or with your brain or, or anything that you're doing. It's it's biological, like you have inherited this and this there for a reason. And we live in an unnatural world with unnatural foods. So this is just a skill set that you don't have. You you can learn how to do it. And I believe that anyone can learn how to deal with the cravings. So it's just like if someone was wanting to learn to pay, play the piano, they would practice scales to get become better at playing piano. And it's the same thing here, what I was talking about, the process. Just, just practice the process. And when you're getting good at it, you're going to stop having the strong urges to eat and you're going to stop doing whatever you don't want to eat or, or stop doing whatever you don't want to do so start just focusing on the process of getting there and stop obsessing about the results because the results will come as a byproduct when you are practicing this new skill set and getting good at it nice I i like that um realizing this is this is just the way the brain works right this yeah. is just the way the brain and the body interact and it just it's a skill that we don't have yet you just have to learn yeah. it yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. 
No one teaches that in school. <laughs> no. Thank you for your work. Pim Jansen, thank you so much for being here on the You're show welcome. with us. Well, thank you. It was a blast. I'm so thankful that Pim Jansen was here on the show with us to help us to think about not just sugar, right? We talked about sugar addiction, but food addiction and emotional eating in general and some ways to begin to work with those powerful cravings. Uh, such a valuable, such a valuable thing for us to give some attention to. And I'm, like I said, I will link in the show notes to her Facebook group so that you can join, check it out, see what's going on there and see who's there to support you, to help you in the process that you are in to overcome powerful cravings, to lose weight, to get to a healthier place. It takes a lot of work and we all need support in order to accomplish work that's really difficult. So go there, check out the Facebook group so that you can get what you need in this process. Now, a couple things that I want to revisit that you heard Pim talk about. One is how I loved the toward the beginning when she was talking about how she had become someone who just accepted. She just accepted that she was going to be on again, off again when it came to diets, when it came to, you know, healthy eating on the plan. And she just knew there's going to be times I'm going to go off and then I'm going to try to get back on. If that's how you've been feeling, I hope that you were like, hey, this is me. This is good for me. And remember, you are not alone. So many are going through this same process on and off and on and off, but it doesn't have to be that way. Not when you're learning new skills. Like Pim talked about, when you learn new skills, you permanently change the person that you are and you are better equipped to deal with the difficult work that's before you of making changes. So I love the fact that she highlighted that. She called it out for what it is. Accepting it is is reality, right? We say, oh, this is just the way life is going to be. But it doesn't have to be that way if, if you're someone who has um, just accepted it. You can change, but you have to learn the skills in order to help you to do it. The second thing that I want to highlight, and I'm sure you noticed, is the idea of sitting with a craving. Sitting with a feeling. Even a powerful one that you want to act on, but once you notice it, you just sit with it. See what happens. Get to know it a little bit. Analyze it. And of course, that process, again, of writing down what you're experiencing can be so valuable to take you out of just going through it, just getting through it, just letting the craving pass. And now you're doing something with it. You're putting it somewhere else, put it on a piece of paper, activating a different part of your brain, not just when you're writing it down, when you're putting it into words, but then when you're staring at it, when you're looking back at it. I know it sounds simple, and maybe maybe even laughable, right? If you're just, oh, just write it down. Yeah, it'll 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 go away. The truth is, it is a powerful, 
powerful exercise to put things into words and to put them out there in the world so that you can read them back. You're going to do wonders for your brain. And in that process, a change is going to happen. A shift is going to happen. But we have to be courageous enough to just sit with it. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but just coming at it from a place of curiosity, right? I want to develop this skill. Oh, here's an opportunity to do it. Oh, this is interesting. Why did this happen? Huh, where am I feeling it? What am I experiencing right now? It's just a feeling. It's just a sensation. And it comes and it will go. And you're learning the skill to sit with it and deal with it without taking an action that moves you in a direction that you don't want to go. So sit with the craving. I think that's such a a powerful thing that I'm going to take away from that interview, and I, I hope that it serves you as well. And then finally, just like I mentioned at the outset, the idea of what is happening inside the brain when it comes to addiction. I loved the way that Pim explained it. I love how simply she explained it, how we can then understand what's taking place and why eating more of a food that you know we have labeled as unhealthy or a food we shouldn't have or whatever is the thing that our brain and our body want to do. It is the natural reaction to eat more of it when that process has taken place inside of our brain. We can take control of it if we just slow down, if we just sit with it, if we just work on developing new skills. We can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And it always starts with awareness, right? Being aware of the process that's happening inside of us, of the process that is being ignited by certain foods that we might be eating being aware of it. Once we're aware, now we have the ability to move forward, to decide, now that I'm aware, am I going to develop the skills that I need in order to master this, in order to get past this challenge or get through this craving, right? And the cool thing about awareness is once you're aware, it's hard to become unaware, And today, we all got a gift, right? We became more aware. Now, the choice is before us. What are we going to do with it? And thankfully, we have an exercise. We have something that we can do to begin to develop the skills to move forward into a healthier direction when we begin within, just like we talk about so often here on the podcast. If this was valuable for you, I want to ask you, please, to share it with someone that you care about. Please share it with maybe your, maybe a colleague, maybe a friend or a family member, maybe uh, a workout buddy, somebody that you feel like would understand it, would get it, and maybe send it in a way that they'll understand you better. If you're someone who identifies with the experiences that our guest today was describing. So please share the episode, and then if you would be so kind, I'm so happy to provide this work to you. Of course, you know it's free. That is the way that we want it to be. 
but if there's something that you could do to to repay me, to give me a, a thank you, here's what it would be. Just go on to whatever platform you're listening to this on, on, on your podcast player, and rate the show. Just go to the show page on your podcast player and rate the show. And if you're really feeling generous, write a review. I love to read those, and I want to thank you so much, each of you who have taken the time to leave a rating, and those of you as well who have written a review. I appreciate it so much. It helps other people to find the podcast so that they can benefit from being here with us each and every week. And I want to thank you again for your time and attention. I will talk to you again next week right here on the Begin Within Podcast.